They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally, that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. All right, well, we're off and running. Episode number 82, Inside the Mind of D. Scott. Love the fact that we're doing them every week again. And by uh, we, I mean just me. It's me making myself come into the studio, sit down, and just chit-chat with myself for about 15 minutes in hopes that somebody is actually listening to it. So if you are, I would highly uh, appreciate you sharing it and following it, subscribing to the podcast, whatever the case may be. Just tell one person and have that one person tell one person and that person tell one person. And we'll just spread the word about the podcast that is inside the mind of D. Scott. Uh, Coming off an awesome weekend, I actually was in uh, Lake Placid for uh for the day basically with my girlfriend Tara we went up uh Saturday afternoon I'm recording this on Sunday September 11th um which we will get into in just a second here but we went up yesterday afternoon spent the day in Lake Placid walked around saw some of the Olympic stuff which was pretty impressive getting more into historical stuff and and you know just kind of taking in the history of what happened in Lake Placid in 1980. And also, I didn't realize the Winter Olympics were also in Lake Placid, I believe, in 1932, uh, I think it was. Or perhaps it was 1923, uh, one of the two. But it was cool to see some of the stuff that's still up there. Uh, drank some bourbon at this place. Uh, I forgot the name of it, uh, it but whatever. It's really, It was really, really nice. And we were right on Mirror Lake. Uh, enjoyed the weekend. Just relaxed. Got home today. Was like, ah, I think I should... Uh, I think I should go record a podcast. So here I am chit-chatting away. It was nice to just get away. I was actually supposed to be in Florida for this weekend, but things fell through with that. So uh, Lake Placid it was. And so now we're doing the pod. Here we are, September 11th, 2022, 21 years after that faithful day, uh, September 11th, 2001. Uh, if you were around then, you you remember exactly where you were. I was actually delivering drywall at the time uh, while still working in radio as well. I was doing radio stuff part-time, and I was delivering drywall during the day. I was making a delivery to uh, Colony Center, which is one of the malls right around the corner from where I live, as a matter of fact. And there started we, they had a radio on at the job site, and we started hearing rumblings of an airplane hitting one of the, uh, one of the World Trade Center towers. And things just got weird from there and no one really knew, you know, everything was, it was all still very new and fresh and the information wasn't quite there yet. So we actually got back in the boom truck because at the time, Howard Stern was still on terrestrial radio. It's before he had made the switch over to uh, Sirius XM and stuff. And he was reporting. If If you've heard the broadcast that Howard Stern did on that day, on September 11, 2001, it was one of the, I mean, obviously the, uh, the surroundings, the, the reason he was doing the broadcast was awful. I mean, that was, that was the tragedy in itself. But the broadcast he did was absolutely amazing. And one of the reasons that I, I fell deeper in love with radio itself was that connection that we had to the people and the fact that he was right in the middle of it. And I think he was on the air until mid-afternoon that day. It was, it was really impressive and just an awful, awful day. 
uh, to you know, because there were so many questions. And obviously, you know, I say things like it was an awful day like that. That goes without saying, like, obviously, it was an awful day. It was one of the worst tragedies in American history that happened on American soil. Um, but the uh, the questions and, the you know, you just trying to figure out why, why, why things were happening and why the attack happened. It was just it, it was just awful. And uh, I remember it so vividly of just watching it on TV for hours and hours after that. And we got released from work early that day. And I went right to the radio station to see if I could find out anything and, and if we knew anything of what was going on. And we didn't. You know, we didn't have any different information than it was being released to the public at that time. But just And then just going home and just watching the news and watching things happen. And one of the craziest things of the day was uh, our second delivery was supposed to be to Knowles Atomic Power Plant which is in Niskayuna, New York, and it's a uh, it's a government base. It's it's a base essentially. It, it's Knowles Atomic is 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 exactly how it sounds. It's an atomic plant, and it's military guarded. And you know the guys at the gates have weapons, and they do a thorough check of the trucks and stuff. And it takes you a good 40, 45 minutes to even get through the gates. And and they wanted us to make a delivery there. And I'm like, we're not getting in there today. And and you know my boss has kind of looked at me like, what are you scared? And, st-? and we're like, no, I'm not scared. It's just. It's a tr- it, it's hard to get in there on a normal day, let alone a day where there's so many questions and so much confusion happening that I was like, we're never going to get in there. Let's make the delivery another day. Like they don't need the materials today; they'll be okay. And we got it sent home, and uh, here we are, 21 years later, still remembering and still honoring those that lost their lives on September 11, 2001, the victims, and of course, all the first responders that, as everyone was trying to get out of these buildings, our policemen and our firemen and our first responders were running into the buildings, and obviously, many of them lost their lives. If you ever have an opportunity to go to the New York State Museum in downtown Albany, I would highly recommend it. It's, they have a, an amazing um, display of things from September 11, 2001. And it's a, it's a haunting feeling when you're standing there looking at it. They have one of the fire trucks that was destroyed when the uh, when the World Trade Center has collapsed and they have a lot of just like artifacts from that day and it's it's haunting yet it's also just really impressive to see. So uh, on this day of course obviously we all we all take a moment or we all try to take a moment to uh, remember the victims of that day and to just honor them. Uh, I was watching, I, I briefly saw the beginning of the Jets game where they did the moment of silence at MetLife Stadium before their game, and uh, they did the moment of silence, and then they did the national anthem. And that was impressive because um, they they had a uh, NYPD officer singing the national anthem, and she started it and, and sang the first you know few lines of it and then just stopped, and the crowd at MetLife Stadium continued singing and it was kind of just letting the people of New York and New York City sing the national anthem which I thought was was pretty awesome um one of the years I got it was 2009 we actually went down to the Yankee game the Yankees and Orioles played at Yankee Stadium uh September 11 2009 which we went down in in hopes of seeing some you know just to be a part of the festivities because it was September 11th in New York City and it actually ended up becoming the day that D- Derek Jeter became the all-time Yankees hits leader so not only was it historic it was you know it was it was just cool to be there and be a part of it and they made it they make it a special thing 
every single year if the Yankees are playing at home. So that was that was awesome. And by the way, the uh, the the honorary stuff they did before the game and Derek Jeter becoming the Yankee hits leader that day was the only awesome thing that happened because the Orioles beat the crap out of the Yankees. Although the Yankees did go on to win the World Series in 2009, uh, it was just not a great day. It was like 42 degrees and rainy too. So, but did get to see Jeter become the all-time Yankee hits leader, which was uh, which was pretty impressive. And uh, now that we're on the topic of Major League Baseball, and I touch on it every so often here on the podcast, uh, a couple of days ago, <coughs> the decision makers in baseball made some changes to uh, to the rules for the 2023 season. One being uh, the the pitch clock. They approved the pitch clock of 15 seconds with the bases empty and 20 seconds with runners on. Uh, A defensive alignment that must include two fielders on each side of second base with both feet on the dirt as well. And they are making the bases a little bit larger. I don't know. I think the bases are 16 inches. They're, They're making them 18 inches now. Or something to that effect, and that I think is to uh, make it easier for base runners to when they steal or slide into the base to stay in contact with the base because you see a lot of guys now oversliding the base, which um, I, I I don't understand why we're making the the bases bigger. Like, how about you control your slide and become a little bit more controlled? We never really had this problem of guys oversliding the bases a few years ago, but so to to you know to I guess. Um, change that a little bit they're going to make the bases bigger so it is what it is so uh i'm not necessarily upset with any of the changes that they're making the bases a little bit bigger i think or is a little bit odd but i think uh limiting the shift and making sure that the teams have two players on each side of second base for all hitters and uh they must have you know both feet on the dirt as opposed to in the outfield i think that's big i know they're doing away with the four outfielder alignment which i think is excellent as well obviously you have to if the rule is you have to have two infielders on uh, each side of second base so no more four man outfield which which is good although you know kind of changing the rules to help the batters who can't hit the ball the opposite way seems a little counterproductive where i can kind of make the counter argument go well why don't they learn to hit the ball to the opposite field and you know but it is what it is uh, I'm not mad at the shift going away I'm not necessarily mad at the pitch clock either um, it's definitely going to speed up the pace of play which is a big complaint especially for your uh, for your casual fans of baseball where you know a four and a half hour game is a lot a four and a half hour game is a lot for just your fans of baseball people that love the game but for your casual fan a four and a half hour game is like Jesus are you kidding me with this like, can we can we speed things up here even just a little? So a couple of changes coming to Major League Baseball, and uh, I'm not necessarily upset with that. I am necessarily upset with the way the Yankees have played in the second half. They've shown some signs of life recently, but um, for the most part, the second half has been really bad for the New York Yankees, and it, it's kind of scary that we went from a 14-and-a-half game lead at, at the All-Star break to, like, I think a four-and-a-half game lead at time of uh, podcasting recording happening now, September 11, 2.24 in the afternoon. Um, but so, you know, we'll get there, and, it, and it's looking, you know, as if they can hang on and win the American League East, once we get into the playoffs, anything can happen. I, I just want the Yankees to get past the play-in game. You know, I don't want that wild card game. I, I, they just never seem to fare well in that wild card game. I think the Yankees in a in a seven-game series fare much better against anybody. I mean, they and, in, and matching up against uh, Houston right now, 
Houston's a great team. I hate the Houston Astros. I, I think I dislike the Astros more than I dislike the Red Sox as a Yankee fan. But, man, they're, I mean, it, you can't take away from the, the how good the team plays. You know, it, you just can't do that. And, unfortunately, the Yankees have had a hard time getting past the Astros. Is this the year that they do it? I guess, you know, time will tell, obviously. We'll, we'll find out when we get there. But at the same time, it's like, man, he's just – Play better. That's all. Just play better. We're getting some of the guys back. we got a lot of guys on the injured reserve list right now. Uh, Anthony Rizzo was dealing with migraines after he got an epidural for his back. Uh, Stanton, I think, is back now, which is good to see. Uh, we're still missing DJ LeMayhew. We're still missing a couple of guys in our starting rotation, which is hard to deal with. But, you know, everybody's supposed to be kind of coming back just in time for the end of the season and the playoffs, so that's a good thing. And, I, you know, like I said, time will tell what the Yankees do in the postseason. And I know Yankee fans are like, well, if it's, if it's not a World Series, then it's considered a, a blah, 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 and it's not a successful year. And, you know, we are seeing some pretty awesome stuff. Uh, the, the year that Aaron Judge is having is absolutely out of control. He's at 55 home runs, I believe, right now, uh, 115-ish RBI, so that's pretty in pretty amazing. I mean, if there was a guy ever making a play for his case going into free agency at the end of the season, Aaron Judge has done some pretty amazing things to say, hey, look it, I am worth the money that I am asking, okay? Like, look at the season I just had. So he's carrying the team at this point. Uh, I think we'll see him in pinstripes next year. I really do. I don't think the Yankees are going to let him walk. They're going to pay him. They're going to have to pay him, but I think he will be back in the Bronx next year, and uh, I, I think one of the one of the things they're going to do for him is make him the Yankee captain. I know the other day was Derek Jeter Day, like the Hall of Fame, Derek Jeter Hall of Fame Day on Friday the 9th it was, and uh, one of the reporters asked Jeter if Judge should be the next Yankee captain, and, and Jeter with a typical Jeter answer, and it was brilliant. He's like, I don't really think, I don't think I'm the guy to ask. Excuse me, I don't, I don't think I'm the guy to ask. That's a, that's a question you ask his current teammates. You know, Jeter was like, I don't know him that well. The, the the few conversations I've had with him, he is a great guy. He's a very impressive guy. Um, great to be around. But Jeter's like, I've had limited interaction with him. But I think that's a, uh, I think that's a question you ask his teammates, his current teammates. So and but. He did say how impressed he was with the young man, and he's like, and I basically was saying, I don't think you're going to get a different answer from his teammates as well. I think, yes, the other guys on the Yankees would say Aaron Judge should be the next Yankee captain, which obviously being named the captain of any professional team is, uh, is, is quite the compliment and quite the achievement. But uh, being the Yankee captain, you know, you, you got Thurman Munson, Don Mattingly, uh, Derek Jeter. Those are the last three Yankee captains. So, what do you think? Like it, it, that's pretty, uh, pretty impressive and pretty amazing, and, and quite the honor to be asked to be the Yankee captain when you're you're walking in the shoes of those guys, like you know Thurman Munson, Don Mattingly, Derek Jeter, Aaron Judge. Like that's that's a pretty pretty prestigious club to be a part of. So we'll see what happens with that next year as well. But I'm going on record right now and saying that I think Aaron Judge will be in the Bronx again next year. Yankees will resign him to a multi-year deal worth a ton of money. That's pretty much where we're at. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm involved in some other podcasts. Um, the Psychic on the Scene podcast, of course, which I've talked about in the past. 
uh, if you're if you're into the paranormal and psychic stuff and uh, and the spirits and all that fun kooky like weird spooky stuff. Psychic on the Scene is available where you're listening to this podcast. And then the other podcast that's doing extremely well right now is the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. It's myself, Bobby Fish, and also uh, Frank Ferrero at Three Colony Guys, although Bobby's the one that has been a professional wrestler for over 20 years, uh, been in the two major promotions along with Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, that podcast is going really, really well. We have a guest coming on. We're actually recording another episode tomorrow. Our first guest on the show is actually Scotty Tuhati. So if you remember the Attitude Era with WWE and uh, there was the Tag Team Too Cool, which was Scotty Too Hotty. I cannot remember the other guy's name. That was uh, it was Jerry Lawler's son. And then also Rikishi was a part of it. So we're going to have Scotty Too Hotty on. We're going to chit-chat with him a little bit about you know being a part of the Attitude Era and wrestling in general and uh, life after the Attitude Era and what he's been doing and so on and so forth. And we're just going just to have a nice conversation with him. So if you haven't checked out the Undisputed Era podcast, or the Undisputed podcast, excuse me, uh, also available on the platform you're listening to this podcast right now. If you could do me a huge favor, uh, subscribe to all the podcasts that I'm involved in. I would, I would greatly appreciate that. It helps us out tremendously. And the more people we get subscribing, the better off the podcast will be overall. The quality of the podcast will always be good. But it's just better for the podcast, believe me. Okay, so subscribe or follow it. Uh, you could share it. If you got professional wrestling fans in your life or family or whatever the case may be, uh, you could share that podcast with them. I'm sure they know who Bobby Fish is. So just share with that. Be like, check it out. It's some behind-the-curtain stuff coming from an, a professional wrestler. So it's, it's pretty awesome. So those are, the, uh, those are the things going on. Otherwise, I think I'm just going to go and uh, kick it for the rest of the day. Wanted to get something out there and just kind of fill you in on – What's been going on in the life of D. Scott and what I did the past couple of days. So uh, that is that is pretty much it. Everything is going well right now. I, I love it. And it, it's nice to ride the highs because, you know, life is this roller coaster where, you know, you're just waiting for that drop. So right now everything is going very, very well. A lot of positivity in my life. A lot of positive things going on. And uh, couldn't be happier. So that's where we're at. I will talk to you next week. All right.